It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, welcome to the show. We'll go around the table here. We have some special special guests. We're going to be talking about community service and public affairs issues from across the country. I'm your host, Adam Ritz. With me is Libby Farr. Hi, Libby. Hi, Adam. So glad to have you back on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, and also Taylor Scott is with us. Hi, Taylor. Hi. You uh, also have appeared on the show, and we welcome you back. Thanks. Good to be here. And uh, the format here we're going to do with the three of us, we're going to go around and uh, each have uh, a story, sort of like a news headline uh, from a recent relevant issue in America. And um, I don't know what your stories are. You don't know what my story is. So we'll just sort of talk about them and have feedback and bounce stuff off each other and see what's happening. See how we can make uh, this planet a better place, hopefully. That's the goal. So we'll start with Libby. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because mine is just really kind of doom and gloom. My oh, headline. Really? Oh, <laughs> and I don't mean it to be, but it's how people die from the flu. Because I was curious, does the flu kill you or is it something else with all the epidemic that we've got going on right now? It, it's interesting you bring that up because since I was a kid, you hear about the flu. You have the flu. I've had the flu. Uh, everybody I've known has had the flu. And then you hear on the news recently that people are dying from the flu. I know, and it's and scary. It's, I, and I have, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I have no idea how, how you get from uh, the flu I've had from a fever and you're sick and you miss school, you miss work, to dying. I know. I mean, that's a pretty big jump. It is. And I just recently read an article about a 37-year-old healthy marathon runner mom who died after like three or four days of the flu. And that's what prompted me to look and see what causes people to die from it. And from what I found from uh, CBS News is that you can die from the flu, but mostly it's other things that you get from the flu. And mostly it's pneumonia and bacterial lung infections, which kind of makes sense. So if uh, if it's just you know cold out and you get a fever, you're you're going to be okay. Yes. Uh, Doctor Libby says so. Yes, <laughs> um, Doctor Libby. No. Uh, now I guess should we have a disclaimer here? I mean, if you don't take our medical medical advice, <laughs> we're take... radio people. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you get the flu, go seek professional help. Yes, absolutely. Go to the doctor. <laughs> um, what have you found? Uh, you mentioned like other variables. Um, you know, like what? Well, of course, the best thing that you can do is to get a flu vaccine. And I've heard people over the years say, oh, but it makes me sick. The flu vaccine doesn't make you sick. It actually, from the kids that have died, like this year, I think there's been 37 kids that have died of the flu vaccine. 85% of them had not gotten the vaccine. So just if you think about that, I mean, imagine if it was your kid and you could have possibly prevented them from getting sick and or dying. That's um, a pretty staggering statistic. I know. Uh, and, and then the woman I mentioned earlier who was 37 years old. She did not have a flu She shot. had not gotten a vaccine. Her husband and two children had and they didn't get the flu. She did. And she died from it. I'm not saying if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to die. But... It's something that's so easy you can do. And 
I hate needles. I am one of those people. My first memory is a doctor, two nurses, and my mom holding me down for a shot. I went and had a flu vaccine on Friday, and I literally could not feel it. Could you, not even feel when they put the needle in. Where did you go? Um, I went to a clinic down on the south side with our insurance. So you're talking about, um, and you're, you're the mom of our show now, uh, so I'm going <laughs> to ask you questions the way I'd ask my mom. Um, corner Drugstore, Walgreens, CVS. Absolutely. Flu shots here, $25, something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. And I went to Walgreens a couple years ago, and same thing. I was like, have you given it to me yet? He goes, yeah, you're all done. I literally could not feel the shot. So if you're like me and you hate needles, just close your eyes and don't look. Because that's what I did, and it was fine both times. Do you do it every year, every winter? I try to. And you can also do, if you're under 50, you can get, um, at least they used to do this. I'm assuming they still do. You could get a nasal form where they would just shoot like nasal spray up your nose. Really? Uh-huh. I didn't you know have that to be under 50. Oh, yeah. See, I'm one of those people that I do everything I can to avoid getting the flu shot because I, I am one of those people that thinks it gets me sick. It doesn't so, now. It might you might feel tired or a little edgy or something, but it's your body's immune system ramping up because you have gotten the flu vaccine. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't feel anything when I had mine Friday. Nothing. But for the people that do feel something, it, it's just a few days or a day it, where you yeah. feel worn out because you just had the flu vaccine shot into you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you gotten your flu shot yet? No, Taylor? I have a doctor's appointment coming up, and I'm sure he'll tell me. You need to get your flu shot or get it right now. Um, Have you ever done it? Yeah, I've done it before. But uh, it's something that I I actually went to go get it last year at a CVS, and they told me it would cost $40, and I was like, I'd rather have the flu. But (laughs) I I haven't had the flu in a long time. So if I would have gotten sick last year, I'm sure I would have rather paid the $40, but at the time. Forty bucks is a lot of money until you hear Libby's "You're going to die" story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> gloom and doom with yes, Libby Farr. Yeah. I didn't mean to be that way, but some of the things that they say you should watch out for, like if your kid has the flu, of course, seek medical attention. But if you're really concerned, you should look for fast and tr- uh, troubled breathing, bluish skin color. Which, if my kid looked at all blue, I would be racing to the emergency room. If they're not drinking enough fluids, if uh, they're being, they're not interacting with you, or they're so irritable that they don't want you to hold them. That's like really small kids. And most people that get flu are five and under or over 65 years of age. Those are not most people, but those are the ones that you have to really watch out for. The those most, two groups of people. Most vulnerable. Yes, there you go. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, that's fantastic information uh, and a great topic with this cold and flu season, uh, literally cold. And uh, the questions is circling in my head from the um, flu conversation to dying from the flu. That just seems like it's a, it's light years between getting the flu and then dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you keep hearing more and more about uh, a few people passing away from getting the flu. And you're like, whoa, I, you know, I'm I'm two sniffles away from getting the flu. Right. So and, it's something to look into. And everyone recently that's been in the news and they it seems like it was a very short period of time from when they got the flu to when they died, like four to five days. Mm. And that's pretty scary. Libby, what's your uh, best home remedy for treating um, a sick family member, flu or otherwise? Um, it's not one that I use anymore, but it was one that my grandparents used and my mom used on us. If we had a bad cough like bronchitis, 
they would take two or three drops of kerosene and dump it in a cup of sugar and stir it around and make us eat the sugar with the kerosene to open up our chest. Now like you see gas? Why- <laughs> like gasoline? Yes. Kerosene? Yes. Now you see why I don't do that anymore. <laughs> And when we were kids, we used to. <laughs> when we were kids, we used to sneak it. When my mom wasn't looking, it's like, oh, look, the sugar's on the counter, and we'd steal it. Steal the sugar with the kerosene in it. With we the thought, kerosene, yes, we thought it tasted great. I we can't believe you're alive. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know, rubbing Vicks on your chest or uh, the, the chicken soup or all those uh, are hot good. much better than kerosene and sugar. I'm oh my sure. gosh. Do you remember the, um, you ever had a homemade uh, humidifier with the, um, my mom would take a, um, like a card table, like a, uh-huh. that you'd have in the garage and she'd open it up with the legs and put it on top of my bed while I was on in the bed. She'd put it over me with a blanket over it. And then she'd put the little humidifier inside. <laughs> it was like a tent. I, I should have called it a humidifier tent. Um, and that was more for breathing, I think, and asthma than anything else, but uh, your pillow was always wet. Your blankets were always wet. It was terrible in there. Um, but that certainly was not as bad as kerosene. drinking kerosene in the in the Libby Farr household. Oh, my gosh. Look, my grandpa lived to be 99 and my grandma 92 that used to start that on us. You are hardcore. None of this rub some dirt on it. Yeah. Drink some kerosene and get back out there. Maybe some Windex. Uh, Taylor, you growing up, any home remedies that your mom or dad used to do? No, I, anything no, weird? Nothing that I can think of. Uh, I mean, just going to the doctor, I'm sure it was it. And, uh, yeah, nothing as crazy as what Libby's <laughs> been doing. All right. So. Well, let's, you know, just to recap and rewind a little bit, um, get your flu shot. <laughs> we don't want the end of this conversation to be drink some kerosene. No, no, don't do it. Don't recommend it. Don't go that route. Get your flu shot. Stay healthy. Stay uh, warm this winter. Uh, Taylor Scott, um, radio personality extraordinaire, and uh, you have a news Thanks. headline yourself. What do you want to talk about? Today? Yeah, so this is more uh, just a, a crazy statistic I saw from a study done by Nutrisystem. Um, they did a study on uh, like how many people can get through me- like a family meal or a date or any any meal without using their cell phone. And uh, the numbers are actually kind of shocking. One in three Americans can't get through a meal without being on their phone. And uh, that goes on. 29% say uh, their phone now accompanies them in every single meal that they eat. And 17% of people are good. Uh, they don't they don't rely on their phone to be with them. In fact, they never take their phone to the table. Um, and that just doesn't that doesn't doesn't just uh, work with phones as opposed to um, like television. Seventy two percent of Americans will not eat a meal without watching television, which is insane. Yeah. What's even more insane, yeah. though, is <laughs> this is a quote. Americans are more likely to say watching TV makes eating a meal more enjoyable and conversations with friends and family. They, wow. they would say that in a survey. I don't think they'd tell that to their to their spouse. <laughs> no, they might not. Why don't but, you uh, shut up so I can watch TV? <laughs> yeah. This is much more enjoyable than hey, conversing with you. That kind of sounds like uh, an old family meal I had once when I was interrupting my dad, and he's like, could you quiet down? I'm trying to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there, you know, there's a lot to, um, and I've heard it from my parents, and, and I have kids, and, and there's always, 
you hear about uh, how important that family meal is at least once a week. Oh yeah. At least once a week, you should have a meal around the at the table, not mm-hmm. not on the couch, not uh, on the run, but at your kitchen table with all distractions off, so you can talk about your day or your week. Um, and that's for a reason. I mean, it's healthy. So, yeah. so I, I like that you bring this up. Uh, it's a great point that now, not only with television, we have to battle the phones in our hands. I, I would think that, um, you know, part of that study, like I, I eat with my kids, the TV's on, mm-hmm. but but it's not. It's in the background. Maybe we're watching a show. Maybe we're not. But when they're on their phones, it's a it's a different game I agree. because yeah. they're they're in they're engaged with that phone. They're holding it in their hand. Mm-hmm. It's right. not just you know, on the wall in the background in the other room. So um, a quick story for you. My dad recently over the holidays, you know, he's 76 and a little bit hard of hearing, and he, he doesn't really like going out to eat with a big group of people because he can't really hear what's going on. Right. And uh, it's loud, and usually big restaurants aren't acoustically, you know, constructed, mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of people screaming and plates and dishes. And so uh, we go out to dinner for my niece's birthday, and there's 12 of us, and, and I know he hates this kind of thing. So I'm like, hey, you excited to go to dinner with the family? And he was like, this is the last thing I want to do. <laughs> and I, I'm like, why? And I, I, I thought it was because he just hated being out in public and with his hearing problem. And it wasn't that at all. He goes, he goes I hate going out to dinner with people on their phones. Wow. And I'm really? like... You're right. So, I mean, I do it. I, if we're out, mm-hmm. I mean, Twitter, Instagram, and I, it's mostly work-related. If something comes through from work, I'll I'll tweet or Facebook it or, you know, right. emails. I mean, it's mostly work-related. I'm not just getting on Facebook to shop, you know, or I'm not going to Amazon.com to order new dish towels. Right. Um, <laughs> but I still am guilty of it at dinner, pulling out my phone and doing stuff on it while I eat. And at this family dinner, he was just uh, adamant about how much he hates everybody on their phone. So I really paid attention to it. And I mean, all of us, my sister, her kids, my mom even. I mean, everybody was was either on their phone or had their phone at the ready, right next to their plate, Good for your on dad their lap. for seeing that. And he called us all out. And I told my kids, I go, I, I put mine away for that dinner, uh, for that one dinner. <laughs> and I told my kids, I go, don't pull your phones out. I go, uh, you know, out of respect to your grandfather, we're not going to get on our phones. Here's a great thing that I read a couple of years ago. When you go out to dinner or you could do this at the family table, everybody has to take their phone, put it in the middle of the table face down. First person that grabs their phone has to buy everybody's dinner. Pays for the check. Don't you love that? I think that's a great idea. I think it's yeah. a great idea, too. I just, I think I could get a lot of meals paid for. I think so, too. <laughs> Well, think about it. When when you're out to dinner and somebody says, oh, what's that guy's name? First thing you do is pull out your phone and Google Boom. and type it out and find out who it is. Yeah. Talking about movies? Yeah. IMDb.com. <laughs> you're yeah. one, one app away from answering uh, exactly. the question. Um, I don't know who, who would actually, I mean, if I was out to eat with dinner with Taylor and it was ta- phone in the middle of the table, first one to look at the phone is going to buy dinner, we'd, we'd just sit there all night and nobody would buy yeah. dinner. We'd there, just stare at each other. I'd have to strategically plan who I'm going to dinner with. Yeah, they would throw us out of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you going to leave or not? Yeah. I'd be like, I'm waiting for him to touch his phone. You'd have to have a plant and tell him, look, text Taylor's phone exactly at 1030 or whatever. <laughs> Make you pick it up. <laughs> when you first uh, mentioned you were going to talk about, you know, looking at your phone while you're eating. Yeah. Uh, my immediate, th- immediate thought was um, like when you're alone, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah. If you're by yourself to multitask, you're answering emails or you're online while you eat, you're by yourself. 
uh, totally different when you're with with somebody. And I mean, I remember um, when cell phones were still flip flip phones, and and probably you know, let's say in 1997, uh, 98, 99, um, I had a sales manager who, if if you went to lunch with her, and you got on your phone, if you took a phone call, she would get up and leave because it was the rudest Whoa. thing you could do when you're having a meal with somebody for you to answer your phone in the middle of that meal. And that was just 20 years ago in 1998. And now as a species, we've wow. evolved mm-hmm. to not even talking to each other at dinner or a meal because everybody's on their phone. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I still, hey, I'm old school and I'm I'm approaching 50 years old and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the old codger in the room and I admit it, but I, I still think there's a level of rudeness that goes along with having, uh, forget if it's, if it's a meal or not, if you're with somebody uh, in a social interaction, face-to-face, and that other person is constantly on their phone, I think there's just a, a hint of rudeness. I think that's rude to the other person. If Taylor and I are hanging out and I'm just constantly on my phone, I think that would be ru- rude of me right. to do Absolutely. to Taylor. Yeah, yeah, it is right. Um, something to think about. Certainly uh, glad you brought it up. Yeah. Um, I'll piggyback your online phone meal story with another online story uh, from the world of social media. Um, Recently, over Dr. Martin Luther King weekend, there was a student at the University of Alabama, uh, and this went viral, and you probably even know about this story, but I wanted to do a follow-up on it, uh, who, a sorority girl, um, or I guess I should say more respectfully, a sorority woman, (laughs) and she was... I'm assuming drunk or had been drinking when she got on her uh, social media platform, uh, Instagram possibly, maybe Finsta. Have you guys heard of Finsta? No. no. I think it's actually Finsta. That stands for fake Instagram. Fake Instagram. Interesting. Huh. So it, it's kind of a way for this younger generation. They have people like us, our age, Libby, telling them, be responsible, make good decisions with your social media accounts. So instead of their reaction to that advice is not to actually watch what they post, their reaction is, okay, I'll get a fake account and post whatever I want under a fake huh. name. So wow. they so usually, I mean that and that's cost a lot of kids jobs. So if you're if you're Libby Farr and you've and you're Libby Farr on Twitter, but you're um, crazy drunk woman on Twitter as well. That's your other Twitter name. Um, right. And so on your on your fake account, you can post about going to the bars and getting drunk and stupid, dirty, uh, inappropriate things um, with your friends. That's still per- a permanent record of your character mm-hmm. to the world. It's yeah. still you, even though it's a fake name. And if that fake account gets discovered by your future employer or who you're trying to get a job with, they're not going to hire you. So anyway, this sorority woman had a, um, a Finsta account, and on her Finsta account, uh, she goes into a bathroom in a public restroom, and the sink's running. And she records a video of her talking about what a waste of water that is and how she turned off the water, and she saved. There's there's no nice way to say this. It's the most horrible. I mean, I don't, I, people are going to Google this and go watch it. Um, but she must have said the N-word 15 times. F-bombs, N-words, relating it to how she personally saved so many of their lives by just turning off the water in that sink, 
Um, it was just, it, it was awful. It was terrible. Oh, my God. Terrible video. So, but it's it's on her fake Instagram account. Well, one of her pals or buddies or um, a rival, I don't know who it was, took the video, reposted it to Twitter. There you go. And now it goes viral. And it's her. Mm-hmm. It's her in the mirror. It's her in the bathroom. It's her voice. And she just got, I mean, persecuted for, for this terribly racist, inappropriate video she posted. The next day, and it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It was, oh. it was Monday, Martin Luther oh, King my. Day. Jeez. And um, so it's recent. It, it was just a few weeks ago. The next day, she posts another video doubling down on her right to say whatever she wants. And there were more F-bombs, more N-words, um, claiming that since she lives in the South, in Alabama, she can say whatever she wants. She's allowed to say that word. And I think from my research on what alcohol does to you, I think she was drunker in this second video. Uh, and it didn't take long for her sorority, national sorority, to throw her out. So they I guess. they kicked her out of the sorority. And then shortly after that, the next day, the University of Alabama expelled her from school. Whoa. Is she, I've got to ask, was she white? Or she was. Wow. Yeah. And here's, I don't feel bad saying her name just because it's so viral now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all over the internet. And her name is very um, unique. Her name is Harley Barber. Harley Barber. And I'm not encouraging our listeners to go Google her or anything, but I know for a fact her future employers will Google her name. And my only, uh, rea- when I heard this story, my initial reaction was since her name's not. You know Jennifer Smith or right. or Katie Jones. I mean, it's Harley Barber. That's a pretty unique name. She's gonna have to change her name, like yeah. legally. Like she'll have to go through an attorney and change her name because there's. I mean, for the next sixty years of her life, this is going to pop up on the internet mm-hmm. when you Google her. When you Google the two words Harley Barber, this story will come up on the first page for the rest of her life. Absolutely, and. I don't know why people, so many things, why do you have to post all this stuff to begin with? I mean, I just feel like I don't care what you ate for dinner. I don't care what you, I don't know. But then why is she so full of hate at such a young age? Yeah. Just you know, astounding to me. We, uh, I was talking about this with a, another uh, friend of mine uh, from a parent perspective. Um, and that's, again, why I bring it up on this show, Public Affairs Show is uh, for people Taylor's age, you're in your 20s, to yeah. realize that when you post something, you know, your employers are watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I know you're smarter than that, Taylor, but um, there are people your age and younger that are just floating in this social media abyss of not quite realizing the consequences of what can happen when you press send or upload. Uh, and then for people uh, our age, Libby, I mean, it's there, there's some parenting that goes Involved, involved here Absolutely. for us to teach our kids the consequences. And I think uh, a lot of times the obvious don't do drugs, don't drink. You know, if your kids are in high school, they're going to college, you hammer them with don't do drugs, don't drink, don't drink and drive, make good decisions. Um, but I'm not sure how many times the parent, I mean, me included, says don't drink and drive, don't do drugs, and watch what you post on social media. Yeah. So it's just Actually, a great reminder for, for parents to just keep hammering that. 
social media responsibility to to their kids because I guarantee you they're not thinking about it. They don't get it. No, mm-hmm. I know. In fact, my 22 year old straight A college student daughter recently said, "Ha ha! Here's my MySpace account. You never knew I had." And you know, it had stupid stuff on it. She was like 12 or something. But we always pounded that in their head. And my daughter to the point where she hardly posts on social media. She just watches everybody else. So and Instagram is real good for that too. Is it it shows up for an instant and then it's gone. There's kind of you hit on something like why why do people just feel like posting stuff all day every day just worthless content. I yesterday a friend of mine posted that they just did two loads of laundry. <laughs> and there was no there's no picture. It was just text. And it said, two loads of laundry down, one more to go. And are, are you kidding me? I mean, if we were having a conversation on the telephone, I wouldn't care if he yeah. said, hey, by the way, I just did yeah. some laundry. Not unless you're doing mine uh. <laughs> you know, for me. So, you know, I, he's never going to get a job either. I'm not hiring him for that stupid post either. Unless it's to do laundry. Unless, he'll, I'll hire him to do laundry. Yeah, exactly. there you go. Taylor, what's the worst thing you've posted where you thought, Okay, this is I've got some explaining to do. Oh, anything my out gosh. there? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it I I don't even want to even bring it up because it's it's bad. Of course, I was at a bar. Well, then I don't pro- bring it up. I, I probably posted it at 2 a.m., but it was a, about a radio personality. And this is before I got into radio. And so, then trying to get into radio, it haunted my dreams that this was going to somehow come up. And it was me criticizing some radio host. And this host, Don't worry, it wasn't you. It wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> no. uh, well, how could it be? Uh, so you were criticizing a radio host. This person may or may not be connected to somebody that may or may not be able to hire you someday. Correct, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was that's a perfect explanation yeah. of how it could affect your future. Have you deleted that? Oh, that it's post? been deleted, yeah. Okay. It, it, got, it got deleted that morning, the next morning. Who was it about? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I talk to my kids a lot about you know posting and and the way uh, the phone work the way the the size of the phone is in your hand and with Twitter Instagram Facebook and all the rest usually you can see about your your last three posts uh-huh. um, and I use Twitter the most so so definitely with Twitter you can see your last three tweets and the advice I always have for my kids and and for the college audiences I talk to is that you're only as good as your last three tweets so you could. You could tweet for the last five years about working with uh, needy children, about uh, your work in orphanages in Africa, about your, um, your, your coats for kids and your toys for tots and every community service project you've ever been a part of. But if your last three tweets are about going to the bars, mm-hmm. getting drunk, uh, hanging out with your friends and telling dirty jokes, if that's the first thing I see when I look you up on Twitter – then I'm just going to move on to the next candidate. If I'm looking for a job, uh, somebody to house sit. If I'm looking for somebody to walk my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're not That's even talking point. about like tech jobs or real mm-hmm. careers. I have friends, a friend of mine works at the at the mall, and, and she's a manager of a store in a mall. She won't hire high school kids that have questionable posts. Yeah. And that that's for a, a $10 an hour job at the mall. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. Uh, that's funny that, that you that that I mean, you answered quickly. You knew exactly. Yeah. Libby, anything out there that uh, you I maybe should have posted? I know because I jumped off social media because of all the political environment. I just 
don't want to hear anybody's opinion. Who'd you they vote don't want for? to hear I'm my just opinion. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. I jumped off Facebook and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get back on. So I said, I'm coming out of the closet and made it seem like, you know, I'm getting ready to get back on Facebook. My daughter's boyfriend thought that I was coming out of the closet gay after having two kids. And so that's the most questionable thing I think I've posted. Well, then you're safe. If that's the worst thing you've yeah, done, you're I, I try and stay off the, the political stuff. A long time ago, I would be a little political on yeah. Facebook. And it's like, you know what? I don't want to hear people's opinions. They sure don't want to hear mine. So let's just keep it about dogs and family and stuff like that. See, that's a question I ask myself before I post all the time now is like, who's going to care about this? Like, and I don't know if that's a great other, question. Yeah. yeah. What's is. the value of this post? Is mm-hmm. there any value to what I'm saying? Yeah. That no, most people don't ask themselves that. Yeah. And it was the same with radio. You get ready to say something and you're like, okay, is this something that I want to say or is this something other people want to hear? And then I find out no one wants to hear it. So why am I even going to say it? So it's the same with social media. Oh, you're right. I had a, uh, a similar post. Um, to your coming out of the closet, Libby. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend and I went to a wedding and at the at the zoo, it was a beautiful day, we're dressed up, and I just took a selfie and by these white flowers, <laughs> and I'm in a black suit with a black tie. Um, and I the caption, I wasn't even thinking, I just wrote, oh, it's a beautiful day for a wedding. <laughs> and put it on Facebook and everybody went crazy. Like, how, you got married? In my, my family, they're mad. How dare you get married and not invite us? And I'm like, we're just at the zoo. We, we went to a wedding. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, so you got to watch what you post. Yes, yeah. you do, even when it's so innocent. All right, well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, this portion of the show was underwritten by Vibonomics, uh, a marketing platform to help your business with music and messaging. More information at vibonomics.com. Taylor, thank you so much. Libby, thanks for coming on. Thank Thank you. you. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.